and we are rolling. So thank you for listening. My name is Tom, and this is Abroad Madness. Today I have another guest with me. So I actually had her brother on. So now I finally got the oldest sister. So can you please introduce yourself? So, what's your name? Where are you from? Where are you now? And what is your job? Um, hello, everybody. My name is Janice. Um, I'm from Malaysia, and um, I'm currently a doctor in the NHS. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Janice is feeling kind of unwell. So excuse if you don't, you know. But yeah, so Janice and I are cousins, like through our moms, and so yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Like I don't know why. I feel like you're the first person I've ever felt kind of nervous. <laughs> no worries. No, because uh, everyone who has been like I don't know if you. I don't think you listen. You do. I don't think you have time. But everyone who I had on the podcast are usually people who you know, I've drank with, like alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, I have had like you know some talk, like deep talks at night, with some alcohol. And you're like the you and like John are like the first person, like first two person that I've had on that I've never really you know, I I guess bonded in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess you know, as as children growing up, it wasn't necessarily something that we would do. Yeah. Um, and we we would always be in different parts of the world. Most. Yeah, that's of the time. true. And I actually, this is something I've always kind of envied you for this because you always manage to go back every single time for Chinese yeah. New Year, which is like how? Um, no, not really. Um, really. Not every time I go back for Chinese New Year. Yeah, I mean, I think probably throughout med school, I went home for Chinese New Year about two or three times out of six years. That's a lot. So that's not um, every year, but I did have a, a, a summer break, so I did go home during the summer time. So that's like during August time of the year. Um, and I think you might be thinking about the winter time. So sometimes I get I get a break and I do go home um, during the winter, which is about January ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in in different times of um, of the six years, sometimes it matches with Chinese New Year. So mm, that's a bug. I think throughout my six years, but I actually am in Japan for seven years. So throughout my seven years, I only went back for Chinese New Year. For one year, oh, okay, and only one year. So because usually around Chinese New Year, it's usually where I when I have like my semester test, so mm. I can't go back. I was just like every, everyone's just you know happy, having a ready union, and I'm just like sitting here being like I have tests to do. I'm not sleeping well, and like you know fuck everyone. Yeah, yeah. no, you know I guess it's a, it's just about your the schedule of, of each country. I suppose. I mean, I know very well. I suppose I. Probably won't be going home this Chinese New Year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, with yeah. COVID and everything, it's kind of like. By the way, just like, can Malaysians go? Wait, you have to quarantine once you step into Malaysia, right? Um. Yeah, I think so. At the moment, um, the rules are you can go back to Malaysia, yeah. but you need to quarantine at home. I think the hotel quarantine is slowly phasing out now. Mm. 
But I believe home quarantine is still important, as in it's still necessary. Required. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, Because but... in UK, it's already like all of it's already gone, right? Like only certain countries have to do it, but then usually it's like tourism is slowly coming back. Yeah. So. Within the country here in the UK, um, a lot of places have opened up now. So there are festivals ongoing, there are music shows and things like that ongoing, and people sort of accumulate in large crowds. But in terms of international travel, um, the closest countries we can go to, so countries in the EU, there are a few countries that are still in the, in the red list, as they called it, um, which means you have to quarantine in a hotel upon arrival but yeah i mean most of the countries has have um, already been vaccinated so we see very less of people who are young and healthy unvaccinated caught covid yeah no we see very less of those actually i sometimes forget that you like you know just talking to you normally without you wearing your uniform it feels like i'm talking to just like my cousin but then just like from that i was like oh yeah it's true you are a doctor <laughs> I'm actually talking to a doctor. So yeah, just from there, like I guess that's a good segue to actually understand how you got from Malaysia to, you know, having a normal Malaysian accent, from a Malaysian girl to now living in the UK, speaking like a like, you know, like the queen. I don't know. I feel like you sound so like exactly like this woman I follow online. And you sound like basically like the queen, like the queen, like using the queen's English or something. So it's like, it's crazy to me. Um, well, if you listen to the queen, I sound absolutely nothing like her. <laughs> um, and there's loads of British accents. Yes. Yeah, um, but going back to your question, um, obviously growing up in Malaysia, you will undoubtedly have a Malaysian accent, won't yes. you? And then when I left to go to med school i always wanted or, or had a plan goal in my head that i didn't want to work in russia mm. um but i also so you study in russia by the way <laughs> right for yes, everyone I did. yeah i mean i yes. know you study in russia <laughs> but then everyone doesn't know so yeah yeah so i went to moscow for med school for six years immediately after college um i i knew when i went there sort of very early on first year second year I didn't want to work there or, or live long term there but also I equally thought I didn't really want to work in the Malaysian healthcare system you know it's it's got its pros and cons but it's just not aligning with my my goals I suppose yeah. and the Malaysian system so I have an auntie and an uncle on my father's side that worked in the NHS for years and years a doctor and a nurse so I had influences from them in that how much the NHS differs from KKM, from the Malaysian healthcare system. So I think it was probably my first or second year. I went to the UK for holiday and I immediately sort of almost said, right, I think that's where I want to continue my career. Not necessarily lifelong. Like it's not going to be something that I say, oh yeah, I'm going to stay until I die. <laughs> But if I train here or like, continue my career here I feel like that's something that I want to do so very early on in my med school years I decided that I do want to experience the NHS so that's how I got started into the UK side of the journey I think because it's such a, it's such a norm like for Asian parents to tell like Asian kids being like you have to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or something you know an engineer like and you kind of fell into 
one of like you know the more prestigious path i went for architecture which was kind of shit so i mean how did you decide that you want to be a doctor because it's a scary job like people make it sound like oh you get so much money and you just have to study but then after that whole studying thing you have to deal with like people's life on your hands like that's i guess the most scariest part of being a doctor so how did you decide you want to be one so this is obviously speaking in hindsight and um, mm. because i'm actually a doctor now which is always <laughs> a scary thought so as a kid i was always really interested in science and how things work and you know like very typical out of the three sciences i think we had biology physics and chemistry in school out of three of them i enjoy biology the most and then it sort of almost went from there so i went to college or pre-U for a biology type subject, knowing that I would get into science or research of some sort, but not really knowing what I want to do at that point. Some of my friends at college and uni um, also went on to become doctors. So I probably have like three or four doctor friends from way back. So I think that almost sort of influenced me in a way. And we have another cousin who is also a doctor who went to Moscow, not necessarily the same uni. Wait, 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 wait. Someone we know? Yeah, we have a cousin. You don't remember? I'm, I mean, I can cut this off like that. Mm. Uh, okay. <laughs> I actually don't know where she went. I just know <laughs> she she went and got a doctor degree. And then, like my mom says this all the time. She's like, yeah, she's very rich. She's like very, <laughs> very rich. Like that's the only thing I hear from her. She's single, yeah. But then like, you know, she's single and she has a lot of houses. So I want you to be that. I don't even know that. Mm, I mean, that's cool. yeah i mean yeah it's cool like i think this is where i don't know why my mom is kind of great is she doesn't you know because when you get older your parents kind of pester you and be like you need to get a boyfriend or you need to get a girlfriend you need to get married those stuff mm-hmm. whereas like you know in my case my mom is just like yeah like you know you, you can put that on hold for now just get money and be be like her you know be be like that cousin get more money like get more houses and just be rich you can be alone and rich that's good i was like yeah yeah Yeah, i think i think that's sort of the ideal that has been instilled in us since since we were kids obviously um both our mothers are um very alike in those ways so that's 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 yeah so Um, you know her and then you know how to travel to moscow yeah so she went to moscow not um not my university but you know, I ended up in a different uni, but I went to Russia nonetheless. Um, and then, yeah. Wait, how did you decide to, you know, because there's so much university, you know, on, on getting a doctor degree, like throughout the whole world. Why did you decide to go to Russia? Because, you know, you don't, you don't know any Russian, like Russian language. Like it's hard. I didn't. Yeah. Um, so obviously our cousin played a huge role in that, knowing someone who, went there um in to instill some confidence in my parents um, <laughs> i think also having our grandmother visited it's a bit of a weird thing but okay. she went to Russia, in case you didn't know um wait our was, grandmother or your side of the ground our grandmother uh, well i mean they, For, they traveled so much when they were like really young i didn't realize yeah. this yeah, so I think obviously you were the younger side of the cousins. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like the oldest of the younger side of the cousin. Yeah, so you didn't probably didn't 
realize much of those things like if you ask my sister any of those things she'll be like what are you talking about same i mean so i'm not surprised that you don't know but yeah lots lots of things and um, let me blow my nose <laughs> <laughs> that's right i mean i do see like photo albums about you know them traveling and like my mom i was actually always kind of weirded out by how nonchalant she was for with sending me to japan and like i think one day i asked i was like why did you send me to japan she was like yeah i've been there and i liked it so that's why you're yeah. there. I was like, oh, okay, you travel when you were young. Yeah, obviously. So I think it plays a huge part that you know, some family member has survived there and <laughs> the matriarch of the family has gone there and said, yeah, I like it. <laughs> there. So I think that plays played a huge role in, in that. And also, obviously, finances played a huge role in deciding where I was um, going there were lots of choices obviously as you mentioned to to apply for yeah somehow yeah somehow i ended up there i think it i think at the time you very much just something comes up and you just very much just yeah let's do it let's go for it rather than lots of things on your plate and then stressing out even more i think at that time it was very much the decision was made so rather than get upset or annoyed or deciding that you're someone else you need to go rather than just adapt to it I feel so I think at that time that was very much that train of thought I mean did you want to go to Russia um I think at that time I was very young so yeah I mean you were 17 or 18 yeah I just turned 18 and obviously didn't really have an idea of I don't think I've been anywhere at that age probably a few times in school can't remember where but not sort of overseas overseas or abroad so I think my opinion at that time was very much I want to stay in Malaysia and be with all my friends as your typical sort of teenager thoughts yeah. obviously you know this you're talking about sort of my generation I'm making it sound like very old but <laughs> and look at teenagers in this age in this you know, sort of like um, people younger than your sister you know they they have a dif- different sort of mindset really I think in, in my time um it, it was a lot different and I think um ultimately probably that was the right thing to do because even though I didn't really enjoy it as much as I would have in my first year because it's just you know it was as you can imagine or as you have experienced yourself there was a huge culture shock and sort of language and people and just the general environment of change so in hindsight it was really necessary to grow to become the adult that i am i don't know (laughs) that's true wait how did you learn russian i mean do you still remember russian um it's slowly (laughs) declining but i learned it when i went there so i didn't learn a single word of russian before i left so we had about eight hours every week at uni oh okay you're just learning from uni yeah and just being around obviously russian people and speaking russian wait how was the whole how did you apply for like you know university in russia like because just a little bit from mine i got to japan and then i studied in a japanese language school you know unlike you you study in the university i studied in a japanese language school from there on i tried to apply for uni so mm. I think we're doing like quite different things, even though we want, we just wanted to get into uni. So how did you do that? Like, what was the whole process? So my college degree allowed me to apply. So I was, I was qualified enough to apply. So I didn't have to do an extra um, Russian language course because my whole degree was taught in English. So they didn't need me to know Russian 
to study basically and they knew that we, that we were going to be taught in Russian uh, taught um, Russian languages anyway and then I think it was someone that we met who went to that uni way back in like ages ago so and then that person helped us apply mm, wait so you had you had your classes are all in English yeah is it like really all in English because I actually talked about this like in one of the past episodes in Japan when they tell you it's all in English it's a lie it's always a lie yeah so there's always obviously these are Russians Russian professors and Russian doctors that you're, talk, you're talking about yeah so there's always going to be a hinge of relating it to the Russian language and uh-huh. um, I think they tried quite hard to teach in English it depends on who's teaching obviously yes the and how well their level spoken English was but it was quite good to be fair Mm -hmm. so in that school we have the theory years and the clinical years in theory so the first three years of of med school you stay in a in a classroom and you learn everything you need to learn about medicine and in those years all the teachers were really good and they actually spoke English it's their job like they they go to a a faculty and they they go to a classroom and they teach you in English Um, but in the clinical years because we are now going to be in hospitals rather than being at uni on campus we go to different hospitals across the city depending on which speciality we are on that sort of job so when we were in hospitals the doctors that are teaching us are actually working doctors like there are the doctors of that department who are teaching us so in clinical years when we go to hospitals we get taught by doctors who are actually working in the hospital and they obviously interact with russian patients and everything in russian so their level of spoken english so again depending on the individual but it was not as straightforward as everything being english because if you think about it, they can teach us in English, but then when we go to the bedside next to the patient, obviously they have to speak in Russian. Yeah, because the patients are Russians. Exactly. So it, it was almost like a translation thing going on. But at that point, most of us could understand Russian already, you know, albeit like a little bit. It's been like four years, right? Like four Yeah, years. about four years at this point. Yeah, four four three four years at this point so um most of us could you know have had a good amount of of russian language drilled into us so yeah so that was that was how it was thought and i mean not gonna lie there's there is going to be a periods of being a bit frustrating because you don't really understand it my um classmates some of them were especially frustrated but i didn't see i didn't see why you would be frustrated or irritated by it because you are in Russia and you know, <laughs> the medium of communication is going to be Russian so and so how was your you know for the rest of the world just learning a different language let's just take like America for instance or just UK for instance people see like just speaking English as a norm and then just knowing another language is already like oh my god but then you know you know Malay I think <laughs> you do you still you still remember Malay right I mean, I already yeah. completely forgot, but so, you know, Malay, yeah. you know, English, you know, Chinese, and then now you have Russian in your belt. So that alone is quite impressive, like really, because Russian is very, very weird. Like I do not, I tried sometimes to be like, oh, like Russian songs when like, you know, at, at karaoke, where my Russian <laughs> friends, they sang, like they sing like Russian songs. I try to follow along. I try to sing it, but the the letters are just weird. It's just like it sounds. It looks like English, but it's not English. Yeah. Um. I guess 
depends. Obviously, when you've been trained and taught in it, you're going to look at it differently. It really annoyed me for a period of time when I could only speak four languages. I wanted it to be five, so I could call myself a polyglot. <laughs> wait. So, wait. You only know. Wait. Oh, you only know. Wait. You only know four. Wait. Oh yeah. No, you you can count like you can count like Hokkien or like like Cantonese language, and then you can be a polyglot yourself. Those are our languages, as you know. Yeah. I got one of these um skittles that are like squishy. Ah. And I just opened them, and I don't think I like them. <laughs> just give them to someone, like you know your your colleagues or just like your friends, and be like, here, I enjoyed <laughs> this, and this was delicious. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. This episode is getting a little bit too long, so I'm just gonna cut it here. If you're interested in binge listening to the next episode, head over. It's probably out right now. As always, thank you for listening. My name is Tom. This is Abroad Madness, and we'll see you next episode. Bye bye.